welcome back everyone this is your host Alex and you guys are listening to Alex's Firearms Digest this is volume 2 episode 2 and the topic of our discussion today is going to be lethality but before we begin on anything I want to give a shout out to our listeners that were joining us across the world I did have some listeners in Belgium some listeners out in Ireland and listeners out in Australia hey who knew I would be listened to by other people in the world thank you for joining us guys thank you for joining us I appreciate the support to everybody in California that was listening in to the first episode thank you once again appreciate the support and we'll get started right away so when it comes to the usage of a firearm evidently it means that we'll be using a firearm to bring something to a permanent end and it can be in one form or another and it can go both ways of the spectrum we all acknowledge that a firearm can either be used for good or evil just like anything else I understand that today the topic that we will be covering is directly tied with killing a living creature if this happens to offend you because you're one of those gun owners who only wants to rack a shotgun shell to scare an intruder or a group of intruders, vandals or whatever, please stop listening now and don't bother listening to this episode any further. Um, You can join us in episode three where the topic will be much lighter. So now assuming that all of those still listening are on board with the notion mentioned before, we can start this episode. But please, also take into consideration that I myself am not a lawyer of any sort. This podcast is based purely on my personal experiences, knowledge, and theoretical and practical perspective. Everything you hear in this podcast should be taken with a grain of salt. Determining how lethal a user is with their firearm can only be determined by their training. If you don't train as often, or not at all, you're more than likely a crappy user. And constantly I am bombarded with excuses for people not training with their firearms. Some of them sound like this. Well, have you seen the price of ammo? It's expensive due to Uncle Joe winning the election. The looters, the societal climate, and everything else in between but me. Yeah, that is not a valid excuse not to train with your firearms. It is even more of an unexcused reasoning when you have thousands of rounds for those firearms that you own. I am really baffled at the thought that lazy owners really believe that they will be able to hold their ground without training, and believe that they will be able to carry tens of thousands of rounds of ammunition in their vehicles at any given point. All of this is really doubtful. Even more when most of these users only dry fire in front of a mirror, they never proper they never even bother in properly gripping their firearm correctly, and their cold starts are garbage. And for some odd reason, they strongly believe that they will be able to control their recoil effectively. In case you have all forgotten. A firearm cannot produce recoil without it firing an actual round. 
Now, before I get any angry mail, I understand that there are in existence many types of training simulators. CO2 pistols and other things similar that can produce a recoil effect. But none of them come up to par with the actual one-on-one -on -one replication of a recoil. The closest thing I've owned that can replicate recoil to one-on-one is my UTM munition kits and I own them for both my AR and my pistols. Those do come with a price though. They require a lot of backing behind your paper targets since they will dent your wall. And if you're married, trust me, you don't want the missus trying to clobber you down with the skillet because you dented the wall 20 times as you shot through the target. Forgive me for being mean, but the truth is the truth. Recently, I've spent most of my ammo in training consistently, except for a ration portion that I believe will be enough till I can procure more on site in the event of an extreme scenario of civil unrest. But if you train effectively, those thousands of hoarded rounds won't be necessary to keep you and your group of fellow LARPers moving along to safer ground. Of course, unless you're living in an actual impenetrable fort. But even then, it is all doubtful because we mostly live in suburban environments. Meaning that we as residents of suburbia or the concrete jungle heavily depend on food, bleh, on food and goods for the most part to be transported to us. If you need to raid a farm, for certain it won't be possible without having to scrimmage with others who thought just like you. So it would be wise to be the deadlier pack of the two in this event, right? Another important topic that is relevant to the main topic of our discussion is understanding our potential targets. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because there's been this societal notion among gun owners, both law-abiding and criminals, for some reason to adopt plate carriers. Now a lot of you I'm sure are familiar with a lot of these tactical YouTubers that carry plate carriers on them. They dress up in full military gear. You know, they might not be wearing camouflage clothing, but they certainly do wear jeans, shirts, tank tops, hoodies, you know, and then they got ballistic helmets or bump helmets. They got hiking boots or vans or converse, gloves, ARs, and the most featured item on them is the actual plate carrier with plates on them. And in many home invasions, if we were to reflect upon many of the social media videos that we might see out there in the gun world, especially those that are aimed to help you protect yourself, we do see people sporting them, especially the criminals, and specifically when it comes to home invasions. So this brings up into the, this actually ties into the topic of shot placement. 
given the fact that we know people might carry plate carriers and they might be trying to storm your house as they come in you have to know where to place your shot and your shots have to be effective whether or not the person is carrying plates or not correct and I shouldn't say the person I should say the intruder is carrying a plate carrier on them or not I've attended various self-defense courses with regular NRA certified instructors and these courses have always been told to shoot center mass and when at the range if for these courses it's always been the whole two shots center mass onto one target and transition to the other target followed up with two center shots or two center mass shots well redundancy is a pain especially after paying 100 to 150 dollars per course even in the weaponized TECC courses that I've attended it has been the same bull and the truth is most combatants won't go down with straight shots to the chest especially the whole two to center mass won't do it some of you might be asking well how do you know that well it's been confirmed by the combat experienced men that I've trained with. A combatant will usually be neutralized after blowing out pelvic bones, sternums, diaphragm, and the spinal cord. Or the spinal cord, right? And quicker than that, a well-placed headshot. All these lessons that I learned from these experienced men, I've taken them to heart and I've taken them way deeper into consideration than some NRA instructor who has never been in combat. These gentlemen have fought a lot of fighters that have been battle-hardened and tested, fighters who've been under the influence of various drugs, which some of them have even been made to seem unstoppable. Ambushes, IEDs, pretty much if it's happened in the Middle East, they've more than likely been through it. And this also brings up the important reasoning of why I'm so anal about you being consistent with training with your firearm and why it's very important. Another reason is that shot placement while moving and handling the motions is very hard to obtain in harness. Many of you, if you read, if you actually have listened to Volume One, then you can see how things are slowly going to start connecting, especially when it comes to these topics and your training and your gear. And they'll reflect back on everything that I have spoken about. So we know that mindset is what's controlling the efficiency in moving and shooting. And as I told you before, this is a trainable skill that users can work on. A prime example is when police officers are involved in officer-involved shootings, right? So there's been many incidents where bullet holes are found up to 10 feet away from the suspect's location, either to the left or the right. Now, I am not saying the cops are shitty shooters. By far, they're not. But most cops do hate quals and most of them won't go out of their way to attend shooting courses that require pain out of pocket or they won't go out and drill on their own time and you can't blame them 
a big factor in these decisions that they don't make or that they choose not to make well it's because they're understaffed and work becomes a dreadful thing I'm pretty sure if you're in the medical field if you've been in retail if you've been anywhere where recently due to this epidemic that we went through you're being stressed the hell out you can relate and you can't blame them right a lot of us rather spend our weekends out say Lake Havasu or in Vegas or somewhere of the like you know having fun rather than being in drilling but if your job is to carry a gun if your job or your decision is to conceal carry or your decision is to be the primary protector of your castle i.e. your home campsite car it would be wise for you to actually spend the time the money and the effort and train because you want to be able to make those shots the minute they break into your house right and I'm not so one thing that we have to discuss real quick is I don't want you as my listeners to believe that I think it's okay for us to simply execute someone for sim- for merely breaking into our home right um, we know that these people are very determined to break in our homes because we have set up home security systems we have set up any type of system to prevent access to our home especially unauthorized access right so if someone is doing this they're being very determined to break in now like I said I don't believe everyone should be shot to death over a TV over some jewelry but if it's coming down to the point where they're breaking in to rape my wife to hurt my children to try to kill my dog that's different and at that point I will be the one responding with lethal force now in short of it all your shot placement should be set to neutralize your threat now listen carefully to neutralize your threat I'm not saying to execute your threat neutralize it meaning disable it and if for some odd reason they happen to perish in route to the hospital or at the hospital that's on them right and that's out of your control you have no control how much internal damage your bullets will do you only shot the person to disable them from causing any type of great bodily injury or great bodily harm especially here in California it's getting kind of ridiculous that we are having people assault individuals and walk out with this with an actual um, ticket with the promise to appear at court at court um, same thing can be said I mean uh, recently there was this news story where a couple was followed out of Hollywood towards their upland home by two vehicles they were stalked all the way home as this couple pulled up to the driveway various individuals approached them and robbed them for everything 
and I know a lot of you guys might be asking well that sucks and I would have shot that person here's the thing and this is this can be confirmed by various law enforcement officers and lawyers that I know that I've spoken to uh, when it comes to your driveway if they're trying to steal your car you just can't run out there with your 12 gauge shotgun or your AR and shoot into the driver's side because at any given point that you expose yourself to trying to defend property that's on an open yard property meaning you don't have any gates or fences around your garage or your driveway or your front yard you automatically put yourself in this uphill battle with the legal system because you would have to prove that there was the intent to cause harm or great bodily injury to yourself you would have to prove that the driver or that the criminal had the car in drive and meaning that the car was going to hit you throw you into the structure which would be your garage door or was going to drive the car into you into the garage into the structure of the home so you can easily see how quickly you're going to be your, facing yourself in an uphill battle so the best thing to do I mean if it's insured let it go now the situation changes drastically when you have someone follow you home and they're trying to assault you with a firearm my personal take on it is the minute anybody draws a firearm and I know it's meant to do ill towards my family my loved ones my dog there's no questions asked my immediate my immediate reaction would be to draw and open fire my insurance my self-defense insurance I should say would handle the rest you know um, and that's one thing I also need to suggest to you listeners out there if you live in California like I do or you live in any type of blue state as they call it where progressism is an actual thing as they believe it is in their head I would suggest for you guys to insure up um, there's a lot of reputable self-defense insurance out there I'm not gonna name drop anyone because if you're gonna be name drop you gotta give me something in return and that brings us to um, a word from our sponsors all right we're back as I was saying make sure you find the insurance that fits you the best know how much a trial costs know how much lawyers are costing nowadays I mean veterinarians charge you as much as a podiatry specialist so hell might as well get a lawyer <laughs> but yes it is crucial it is essential especially when it comes to protecting your home and another question that I was asked by a friend of mine was that um, and remember I told you guys I wrote these out and I sent some of these out volume 2 was released to some friend and one of them good question is from one of my colleagues and it was um, how often do I train on being lethal well my personal take on it 
is every time you have spare time after you've handled all the business around the house on your errands. This takes over gaming, um, looking up stupid videos of guns, equipment, vehicles, etc. you wish you had. Uh, and in volume three, I will be explaining why tactical influencers are, don't really help you. And they instead help build like a false sense of security. Um, but overall, training should take over any free time you might have after taking care of your priorities. Being a lethal user means that you are deadly in all situations. And like I said before, whether it's day or night, you execute your craft perfectly and effectively. So that means you train in the daytime, whatever you trained in the daytime, you train in the nighttime. So you train clearing your house, you train, you know, clearing the garage, clearing the doors, clearing rooms, clearing the rooftop, clearing your backyard, clearing your front yard, clearing your garage, or clearing the front driveway. Whatever you do in the daytime, it has to be directly translated onto the nighttime. And you must know how to work under low light conditions. Because unless you guys are all thousandaires or millionaires I really doubt you guys have the money to be purchasing night vision goggles and night vision capabilities it's getting cheaper nowadays um, but I mean if you're gonna spend the money spend the money on actual products that are worth it you know it's always about quality over quantity especially in the gun world if I'm gonna lay my life down to a product I want it to be the finest quality possible and I wanted to be effective for what my end mission is. Does that make sense? I hope it does, honestly. Um, so, as far as it goes for your home, it is your castle. You know, and you can defend it however you see fit. I myself, I'm not one of those. Uh, round ghouls who tries to get into it with the keyboard warrior association forum over 9 mil is better than 20 mil and 40 millimeter sucks because it's not going to get the job done um, you know and um, I mean if you guys find me you guys might find me on a forum I'm a new tube key 39 millimeter because that's all California lets me use um, I just usually tend to fire flares into people. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. General authority, uh, general attorney, attorney, whatever your your joke title job is, don't. I'm just kidding, dude. Don't raid my house. Um, but yes, uh, you really have to set up your plan, and you have to define it to the point where you're comfortable enough knowing that if they come into your house and they're stealing the TV that you're just gonna shoot them in the leg? What if they're wearing body armor? What are you gonna do then? And the funny thing about these body armors, as I'll cover in volume three, I'll cover some of it now since we're on the discussion about neutralizing a body armor wearing guy. A lot of them are actually rated for your nine millimeter FMJs. Um, your hollow points won't really do shit. So for me, if someone wants to break in, 
I wouldn't be shooting seven rounds. I'd be more effective to shoot their sternum, or which means really high up on their neckline, almost at the jugular. So I know for sure I'm clearing the top part of the plate, especially if I see someone wearing a plate carrier. And I'm sorry if you guys at some point want to use this at court against me, uh, prosecutors. I'm not going to take more than half a second to make sure that person is not wearing a plate. I'm going to look at you. You, you have a plate carrier. I'm not going to gamble my chances or my family's safety and survivability on trying to figure out if you have a plate carrier with plates in them. You know, it doesn't make sense. I'm just gonna draw. Okay, play carrier probably has plates, and then fire. And if I hit you in the head, or if I blow out your jaw, that's on you, bud. No one told you to break into my house. You get what I'm saying? And I cannot speak because I don't have children. I have these. I have my dogs that I raise as little puppies, and I see them as like every other righteous patriotic American should that wants a piece of the American dream I see my dogs as family but if you're trying to stab my dog I will fucking shoot you that's the end of it you know sorry for the cussing um, but I will shoot you I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you don't aim the gun at my dog you know you draw a gun I'm gonna shoot you now if you have a knife and you're trying to rush my dog I'll yell at you maybe like a few times, drop the knife, but you're still going to get shot, you know? And this is one thing that I got to tell my viewers, all right, my viewers, my listeners. Sorry, guys, it's late, work was heavy, and it sucked. Um, but to my listeners, this is something that my grandfather told me, and my grandfather comes from the old country like where men would shoot each other to settle disputes, especially if they were like really serious disputes. Um, never draw a firearm on a person unless you're ready to kill that person. You get what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I understand a lot of people on YouTube, a lot of people on these podcasts, they'll preach, well, I just flashed my gun and it backed up, bro. Not all the time. Um, and I can tell you this from experience. I had a friend um, that we were at a party one day. And someone pulled a gun on him because he was a little drunk and he was flirting with the wrong girl. Well, my friend came from rough neighborhoods like your boy. And we ain't scared of no punks with guns. So he stood in front of the guy with the gun being pointed at his chest and he said, um, shoot me mother effer because you're just a punk you know b word and uh, yeah he stood there and I was getting ready to see my friend vanish into oblivion for being an idiot um, but the guy didn't pull the trigger he just kept having the gun on his chest and eventually he backed down and that was the most ballsiest thing I've ever seen in my life <laughs> like honestly I don't know, maybe there's a one time I beat up Gaten with uh, with my modified brass knuckles, which was a studded bracelet that I threw onto my wrist and I cracked him really hard in the head because he kept trying to steal my lunch money. This happened in sixth grade. But you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. 
anyways but yeah because you'll get that type of reaction out of people you'll you'll really set them off to a point where they might see red and you trying to be mr. badass I'm gonna call a bluff on a person by pulling their gun out it's now getting your gun taken away and being shot with your own gun and then probably your family's getting shot next you know but like I said win stupid games or play stupid games win stupid prizes right um, the concept of being lethal it's very very sensitive and I really hope none of you guys really ever have to go through it I mean I've seen enough lives and just in my career and it sucks it sucks when you're seeing the soul leave the body as they say you know it's and some of you guys might not handle it you know I, I know a lot of guys that come into our profession and they're all cocky about it and then they see somebody you know dying and you never see them again like they quit the program or they just don't show up to work again you know I had a guy that was like supposedly super combat experience and they had a a really nasty trauma come in and this guy lost his he lost it man he like never showed up again we were all wondering what happened to him and I end up running into him at the store a few months later and you know I asked him what happened he's like I just couldn't handle it you know so it's it's all mental and like it's it's a horrendous thing to see so be prepared to handle like having to use either therapy or having to find some kind of support group to talk about this you know um, and I can tell you from the guys that I've trained with that even they said it like you know they've seen guys break down in the middle of a gunfight you know they lose their they lose their marbles it's very unfortunate you know because some of these effects are irreversible especially on the human mind um, but unfortunately we also have to understand that and this goes mostly for my California listeners um, we have to understand that in the state with the criminal laws and how lenient they're becoming or they've become over the past year uh, 18 months or so we have to understand that it's starting to become a whole point of no matter it's not no longer a matter of what if you know it's a matter of when will it happen and will I be alive after it and what I mean by that is the fact that you can't really go out into the public anymore without hearing seeing or running into some kind of mess right um, our homeless population is through the roof our mental health population within the transient population is through the roof prisons or I should say county jails are now more like mental wards and people are getting released early just because we are no longer able to afford it up to a sense right so that brings up the question and it does bring up those questions and those scenarios of when will it happen when will I become the victim um, in the Fairfax district out in Los Angeles um, not only that I mean recently we had a we had a shooting that took place up in Victor Valley I think it was a Victor Valley mall and um, 
stuff like that is crazy that is starting to happen and starting to become common. Um, Northern California, if I had two of the listeners are, are from North Cal, you guys remember people were just breaking into cars. It, it gets kind of sad that we're getting to the point where, or it got to the point that people had to stick notes on their cars and say, nothing of value in this car, please don't break, you know? It's ridiculous. And, you know, the more I start seeing cases where we're responding back by are responding with an offensive, the more happier I become. Because it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, I don't know what dwells in the head of all these uh, Democratic leaders and Democratic, like, influencers that they think it's okay for this to happen that it's okay that we are to blame for their wrongdoing we're not I said it before and I'll say it again throughout this episode if you approach me with violence you will receive violence in return Um, it doesn't matter if I'm standing in front of a court and you're trying to belittle me by saying I'm a racist I'm a member of a minority. How the hell am I a racist? Your agenda can only go so far. And I think people shouldn't be scared of their agendas. Because at the end of the day, we own them. We own the politicians. We own those who try to write the narratives as public and as the great force that we are. We do own them. We own them. We pay their salaries. We pay, they're on our payroll through our taxes, you know? So to all my listeners out there, please insure yourselves. Please protect yourselves. If you carry, stay ready. And remember, um, protect your loved ones at all costs. This is home. The Golden State is still the Golden State. It needs a little polishing. But we can do that together. Everyone listening, thank you for joining me. Hope you guys enjoyed this volume. Next time we will be discussing training. Um, I'll be a little. I'll be way more in depth on that one because I have a lot of experiences on that, and I have a lot of knowledge to give out to all of you. A lot of knowledge transfer. Um, this podcast. Once again, if you guys want to support the podcast, please feel free to contact me. At Alex FF and Frank D as in David podcast at gmail.com. Once again, Alex FD podcast at gmail.com. To my listeners, feel free to shoot questions, concerns, or comments over this episode. Um, this podcast, honestly, it was made possible by friends and colleagues who keep asking me about theoretical firearms training. And listeners like you, thank you so much. Everybody out there, have a good night or whatever day it is. It's uh, Thanksgiving week. So eat some good turkey. Make some good sandwiches or tamales or pozole. If you guys are into that. Give some to fetal lice. You know. Fetal lice and spanky deserve some. Yeah. And uh, I'll see you guys on the next episode. Good night.